0: Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to this episode of the make disciples podcast. I'm Dan Rober and I have the privilege of being joined by uh, Bob Evans. So uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for inviting me, Dan. Appreciate it. It's good to be with you. And I should also note that we are also joined by about 100 Wildwood preschoolers behind our podcast store here. They're having a little bit of a party. And so if we hear them today. So the squealing is not you or me, it's kids. Exactly. We should make that abundantly clear. It may be some of the animals because there's a petting zoo out there. Well, we have that out there because we are caring deeply for our kids. And what a great segue to our topic for today. We are in the middle of a series on this podcast talking about the primary missions that we have here at Wildwood. Now, these are outlined in the Bible that says that these are the four things, but these are the things that we do here at Wildwood that we are trying to focus on so that we can concentrate our efforts. And so today we're going to be talking about this idea of caring deeply. And Bob, can you help us out first and just explain what do we mean when we say caring deeply? I think it's something as
1: simple as saying it is simply fulfilling the second part of the great commandment. Called to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, this is a way in the body of believers that we care for one another because the church is not like any other entity. You go to a job, they're concerned about your production. If you're part of an organization, they're concerned about accomplishing a goal. One of the challenges of church life is that the focus, in some measure, is on us and the way we live our lives. It's how our lives are being shaped out as individuals. And so, what happens in our lives becomes very important to us in the body of Christ. Some people see the church like an aggregate of, a, let's say, a, a bunch of marbles in a bag. And so the bag represents the worship service. And as soon as the worship service dissolves, the marbles scatter, right? And uh, they don't really interact other than being together in these particular contexts called, you know, say, worship. I think that the church is more like a bunch of grapes. It's like a cluster of grapes that when it gets squeezed, life squeezes us, we kind of bleed on each other. And we're called to actually, you know, share life together in that kind of a compressed way when it's uh, lived out in a healthy manner. So hearing deeply involves being concerned for all the dimensions of the life that we all live. I mean, spiritual, emotional, physical, relational, marital, financial these are all things that impact us and impact our ability to function in the world and certainly to glorify God. And so when we say we're caring deeply, it means we're investing ourselves in being concerned for those areas of each other's lives as much as we're able without being controlling or overly intrusive. I mean, we want to respect people's individual privacy and so forth, but there's a definite change in what the church is called to be. We recognize we can't be isolated. We can't be in uh, autonomous in our Christian journey. We meet each other. So caring
0: deeply is a way of helping us along the path of spiritual maturity. Yeah, that's a great metaphor with the grapes and bleeding on one another. I think Paul gives us another one, right? Being part of a body, how body, we have right. a connection. Or a building. Uh, there's
1: different, though which is a little more less organic, but it's the, the same idea of closeness and connectedness and the value of each other is important. Everybody is important in the life of the church. Everybody's journey is significant. We're all equal in the sight of God and we're just here to help each other become everything the Lord's calling us to be. But we can't do that if we're unaware of each other's lives and uninterested in each other's lives, that is antithetical to what the church is called to
0: be. Yeah. So how do you think this affects the spiritual development of a Christian? Why is this important for us?
1: Well, I think for the caregiver, the person who is exercising, and we're all both caregivers and care receivers. I mean, if we're really honest in our church life, we're just not one or the other. We're called to be both. But I think when you're in the caregiving mode, you're hopefully exercising certain gifts, okay? That's a way to express, uh, you know, how God has made you in terms of your care for other people. You develop a sense of other-centeredness. You begin realizing that you're not the only one with problems. Uh, Other people are out there who are struggling. You're expressing love and support. You know this, as you look at the scriptures, there's about 25 one-anothering passages in the Bible. Love one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens and so forth. That's the essence of church life. All right. So as people begin to reach out into the lives of others in caring ways, they begin fulfilling uh, these biblical mandates to be for each other what the scriptures say we're called to be. So I think the caregiver gains benefit because he gets outside of himself For the care receiver, you have to be open and vulnerable. What I've been amazed at in the early church is how they knew each other's problems and each other's needs. And there was not a needy person among them. The reason there wasn't a needy person is because they knew the needs. In modern American life, we hide our problems uh, too easily. We just cover ourselves up. We come in on Sunday morning and everybody looks good and everybody, you know, looks together. But I know uh, deep down that that's not the case. We all come in as a mess in some ways. We come in broken. We come in fragmented. And the ability of a care receiver to admit their need, I think, is a huge step forward and their honesty and vulnerability before God. And so that kind of honesty and admitting need is a great way to develop your own maturity. It's really important. We're all pretty good about wanting to give. Very few of us enjoy receiving because it it makes us feel unworthy to receive help. We feel we're the object of people's pity or something like that. But we've got to get past this if we're really going to work as a vibrant body of believers in a community.
0: Yeah, I've heard a number of anecdotes and even some data that points to this idea where a lot of people when they come into struggles or doubts or what, have you lean away from the church and it's our hope that people would actually lean into the church at those times. Part of
1: it is a lack of understanding of the grace of God because when you have problems, you feel unworthy to step inside the doors, okay? Because you feel uh, tainted or dirty or uh you know, polluted in some way, but When you're having your worst problems is when you need the Lord and you need his people more than ever before. But I think Satan blinds us to that. And so staying away seems uh, safer, seems uh, we don't put ourselves in these vulnerable places or places where we feel uh, guilty and condemned. And we're the losers for
0: that. Being blind to our need is really a big problem here. I just got this example of even Adam and Eve, you look at their story and how when they'd eaten from the fruit, retrieved knowledge of good and evil, that they actually pull away and they hide from one another. Absolutely. They hide from God. We were
1: talking about that this morning in a discipleship group that I'm part of, that you can look at elements of human nature in the early chapters of Genesis and kind of figure out what's wrong with mankind by looking at the uh, the shame, looking at the blame, looking at the guilt and all of the things that we understand about our lives as we live in
0: 2020. Yeah. And so caring deeply is certainly a very important part of our spiritual development. So let's get down to a brass tacks, as it were. And how do we try to accomplish this at Wildwood? What are some environments that we have?
1: Well, we have a congregational care team that's uh, pretty active, and we try to take this as the first sort of line of defense that we've been working with for some years. I've had people with me on this team now for four years, and they're very uh, significant caregivers we have a care list of people that we think are chronically in need, either because of age or infirmity or some kind of a chronic illness. So there's that line of defense. But I think primarily the greatest way that caregiving can be experienced, the key environment to me is in existing small groups or studies. Okay. Where people are already together, already developing some kind of affinities for one another and where uh, the potential for ongoing relationships exist. So what we're going to try to do as a care team is to move into the small group ministries and to try to assist them to be more sensitive to caregiving opportunities within their group. Because it isn't just a matter of getting together, you know, having a Bible study, uh, having a meal uh, together, uh, maybe sharing a few prayer requests and then going home. I mean, the drama in people's lives is way deeper than that. Now, we're not looking to be a, uh, a psychoanalytical environment. You know, we, we know people aren't capable of doing that, nor should they. But you can ask deeper questions. Uh, you can probe into some uh, situations a little more thoroughly. So people really feel cared about rather than just hitting the surface issues or avoiding problems and challenges altogether. People bring in family problems, they bring in their emotional struggles, they bring in uh, relational challenges, uh, work issues. And the goal of this isn't just to feel better, it's actually to help us become stable enough to be able to reach into the lives of others and into the unbelieving world. And so caregiving is not meant to be an end in itself. It's meant to be a vehicle by which we gain spiritual health, which enables us to be useful in the kingdom and for the gospel itself long term.
0: Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to my own community group because I am so thankful for how they've modeled this. We've been part of the same group since, well, 2012, so eight years now. And uh, this group has grown together and we have interacted and we've walked through hard times And people. You feel like people are vulnerable in
1: your group and willing to share some of the challenges and home and life and marriage and children and all of that that's going on in there? Yeah, that's the idea. And maybe the ideal. It's never going to be perfect, but that's uh, that's healthy what you guys are doing there. And I know a lot of the people in your group, and I think that's powerful.
0: Well, in uh, our conclusion time here, are there any resources that you would recommend for someone who wants to learn more about this? Well, I think that what people need to
1: gain is a bigger vision of what's possible in the life of the church and a couple books have stimulated me over the the course of time. I've appreciated uh, Larry Crabb's views on this and some of his books. He wrote a book called The Safest Place on Earth. The subtitle is Where People Connect and Are Forever Changed. So there's this idea that the church ought to be a place of real safety, vulnerability, and honesty. That's liberating when you're loved in spite of your failures. He has a book called Connecting, uh, which is the same thing, uh, healing for ourselves and our relationships. So I find his books to be helpful, satiating the desire to move toward one another in meaningful ways rather than just surface ways. Uh, Another book that I've read over the years is a book called Risking Church, creating a place where your heart feels at home. Okay, this is by Jim Callum, who's a pastor up, uh, up in Charlotte at least he was years ago. And I actually went up and talked to him in Charlotte about these kinds of dynamics back when I was a senior pastor. So there are books out there that help us. I think Paul Tripp wrote a book called The uh, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, How Hurting People Help Hurting People, you know, things like that. So are resources for those that are interested in being more used of God in the body of believers. If uh, people would like to talk about it, I'm glad to talk with them. If they have specific questions, they can certainly get a hold of me at my uh, email address, bevans at wildwoodtlh.com, if they're interested in.
0: Yeah, that's great. And we'd also love to get people plugged into community groups so they can certainly contact the church and we'll be sure to uh, get yeah, them and plugged in a as That's what
1: you're doing in the, in the ministry here, right? Exactly. You know, and it's not yeah. an easy task, but it's an important one. And I appreciate you doing it. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. Thank you for being here, Bob. Thanks for inviting me, Dan. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.